it's now time for episode 14 of Ponderings from Across the Pond with James and Christelle. It's been a busy couple of weeks for both of us since our last announcement episode, which was 13. I've had my first vaccine, which is good news, and second vaccine not to the end of July. Uh, and thank you for everybody who has been liking and sharing our Facebook page posts and also been involved in our Instagram um, is it a channel? What is it, Christelle? Instagram page? Instagram. I don't know what it is. What, uh, what do you call it? I'm losing words. Instagram um, app. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I think. I don't know. It's just Instagram. We're now on Instagram and we've got about 150 odd followers on Instagram, which is great. Um, so thank you. So, um, so what have you been doing, Christelle, in the last few weeks? I've done more than just a vaccine. <laughs> what have you been up to? <laughs> I got a couple of vaccines, so I am good to go. And I'm very excited that that means that we get to fly across the pond and see each other sooner rather than later. We're closer to seeing each other than we are from not seeing each other. So this is exciting to me. And of course, it means that the whole world is getting a little bit healthier the more people who get vaccinated. That's one bit of news. I am back in the classroom, in the kindergarten classroom. And that means every day I get to do what I absolutely love. And that is art and singing and dancing and playing outside and working in the garden. And I'm just with a bunch of four or five and six year olds daily. And this kind of brings us to what we want to chat about, James. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I, what's, what's that then, Christelle? Well, you and I have been talking a lot about healing and we've been exploring different ways of healing uh, even since we started chatting back in December of 2019. How can we heal? What's the best way to heal? Um, we've both gone through trauma therapy. We've talked to various uh, sources of healing. We've read various books. And this brings us to art, healing through art, healing through creative spaces. And we've kind of had conversations of where art has taken us over the years. Some good stories, some not so good stories, but we chatted about where my art journey began probably 10 years ago. And that that's taking, that's getting rid of uh, art that I've done in school and at home and that kind of thing. But where did I actually jump into the creative art healing space? And that was probably a little more than 10 years ago. I took a healing art therapy class and that was actually in a therapy home. It was run by a group of therapy facilitators, therapists, and we just journeyed through an art experience that took us through grief and healing, an entire process. Fast forward a couple years, probably about six, seven years ago, I jumped into a healing art class that was actually finger painting. And it was the first time I had done anything like that since probably I was a child. And to be honest, my first thoughts were, wait, we're actually going to get our fingers dirty. I mean, I'm talking about we're diving in finger painting all over a canvas. Um, as I took the class and began to explore that, my very first class, I realized I'm a very tactile learner. I'm a very touchy kind of person. Um, if I see a flower, I wanna touch it. If I see art, I wanna touch it. So it only goes to show or see that perhaps I would enjoy that in this space, not realizing it. So once I got used to what that felt like, what it looked like, um, I found the finger painting class to be quite healing. You mentioned that that's beside the art you did as a child or as at school. 
was art something and creativity something that you'd always done fairly comfortable with um so leaving no, go back a bit more so go back to that go back to teenage go back to those kind of like like early 20s but in terms of like is, is that something is art creativity something you'd always been comfortable with yes actually let me go back because i didn't explain the history of my creative space very well i've always been a colorful doodler and so growing up i doodled all over my papers and in fact when i did homework or when i was sitting in class part of that goes into adhd part of that is just i love color i love to create i love to uh, imagine i love to dream so going back to my childhood i was a doodler at all times i was however told that doodling was a waste of time and people thought that i wasn't paying attention when i was doodling it's actually the exact opposite i'm able to pay attention better and i have language for this now i now know this but at the time i was being told you're not focusing you're not paying attention i had not been diagnosed with adhd so they didn't realize there was a correlation there but yes i had always been a doodler so fast forward to now I took an art, creative art healing workshop. It was all finger painting, get your hands dirty, get in there and just let your heart flow. And I found it to be, I didn't have the words at the time, but I found it to be a very healing experience to be able to get my hands dirty, finger paint, unleash the creativity, whatever that looked like. And I remember that first painting was balloons. Mm -hmm. Um, some people are very good at finger painting and it's it's a whole art form form, but you don't have to be good to doodle. You don't have to be good to finger paint. You just want you just have to want to explore and be creative and dive in. What so did, that was that very first art healing workshop. What did that feel like for you? At first, it felt really uncomfortable because we're talking finger painting, something children do, something where you're going to get your hands dirty. So my first thought was, wait, what? Once I dove in, it began to feel quite natural because I'm such a touchy person. I experienced through touch, I experienced through feeling, and it became quite natural. So take the paints, tank the colors, put them on whatever you're putting the paints on. For me, it was a plate at the time. And I began to realize that actually I wanted lots of paint because I wanted my fingers covered in the paint. And what I was doing as I began to explore, I wanted more color, uh, building up. I wanted it to look a certain way. I wanted it to flow a certain way. And it became more comfortable as I went along in the process. And like I said, that was my very first healing art workshop. I ended up taking quite a few after that leading into a workshop where um, same process, same kind of um, creative space. But the last one I ever took was the beginning of being able to teach in such a creative space, or actually I shouldn't say teach, facilitate such a creative space. Um, and again, finger painting, all finger painting, diving in. And what ended up happening, I will say this, James, what ended up happening is I continued finger painting from the time I took that workshop just at home and I brought my youngest son into it and he began to have a love for finger, finger painting. And part of that was probably just spending time with mom. But part of that is without realizing at the time, there's something about that inner child and that joy within and creating and color and let's just go with it and see what happens. So I began to practice making flowers and um, journaling words through finger painting and it was fun. It's, an, it's, it's unlocking something that's inside and 
it's something I just really want to encourage other people to at least try. Go down to your nearest Michaels, go down to wherever you can get finger paints and start painting. See what happens. Um, don't know where to begin. Google, Google finger painting, Google healing finger painting. Anyone can do it. It's really fun. What were some of the, um, do, do you have certain patterns you came back to, certain colors you came back to? Did you always think I was going to do a certain thing every time? How did, how no, did not necessarily. Actually, if you were to see my, when I take the workshops, for whatever reason, I don't know why, I'm inspired to really let my fingers kind of feel certain ways as I'm finger painting. And I think it's because there's something to do with the healing process and how we're touching. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure I have words for that. That would be something more for a therapist to explain, an art therapist perhaps, I don't know. But there's something about, when I take the workshops, I tend to kind of go like this. Like you end up with a lot of dots. When you see the pictures, I don't have the examples because I left them many moves later. I don't have them anymore. Like I said, the very first one I did was it ended up looking like balloons. So there was a lot of color, bright colors in certain spots that ended up looking like balloons and a whole bunch of blue dots, so possibly sky. And it's okay for this to look abstract. It's okay for it just to be patterns. The last workshop I took where it was teaching how to facilitate such a process it ended up, I ended up using uh, colors such as orange and peach and white. And I kept using those colors over and over. I don't have a reason, I don't know why, but I did the same thing. It was a lot of dots and a lot of feeling, painting what I was feeling inside. And that's part of this process. You're painting what you're feeling inside. So you're not specifically, you may not specifically be painting a certain picture. Now, when I finger paint at home, I tended to just experiment. So I tried flowers, I tried pictures like rainbows, I would write out words that were in my heart that were kind of helping me process and feel. And um, I think I painted animals, butterflies, uh, ladybugs. I'm a child like a doodler painter. So think preschool, kindergarten. I'm doing that probably. So flowers, butterflies, really, I like a lot of color. Does this, does your, um... Last few weeks in kindergarten, does that feel like it's awakened something in you from those, the artwork that you were doing maybe five years ago? It might, James, except that you and I have also been talking. It, it's all kind of, the universe is opening up right now almost to where like, let's bring back that childlike spirit of joy. And it's all happening at once because you're working through a book that is opening up something in this creative process and you're learning and it's come after trauma therapy for you. And I want to ask you about that. I want you to tell your own story, but it's all kind of falling in alignment at the same time. So yes, but it happens to be happening when we were kind of exploring it anyways. Yeah. Going back into the classroom, of course, I'm surrounded by paint. I'm surrounded by finger knitting. I'm surrounded by uh, a bunch of different creative uh, ways of ch for children to express. And the school that I happen to be in, we don't teach art per se. We allow children to explore color, explore different mediums, and they they use their hand to kind of just feel and create, which is ironic because um, it's letting them explore versus teaching how you should do something. Um, but yes and no, I would say yes and no. We were already in a space where we were gonna start exploring this again. And I went out and of course bought my art box full of crayons and pencils and paints, got myself a journal again, an art journal again. And so I've been doodling again. I'm going to start painting again. I'll start finger painting here. I need to dig out my canvases again so I can finger paint 
probably bring Brandon into the process, but yeah. Yes. Just one, one more thing. I know you want okay. to um, how does um, you're, you're doing the art therapy, the art workshops of what, eight, seven, eight years or so ago. Um, was that a, uh, as well as doing talking therapies? How did it, how was the relationship between that and doing more um, talking therapy? Was one then the other? What, what was going on at the time in terms of like the healing, like your overall healing process, which we haven't got time to talk about all now. Yeah, let me tell you really, really fast because we did talk about this before pressing record. How am I gonna say this? Okay, so 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago now, I don't know, something like that. I took a grief recovery class and that was the only therapy that I had at that point. And I won't go into all the specifics there. People can go back and listen to my story wherever you can find it. But I found that art allowed me to heal places that I didn't have words for. And I didn't yet want to share. Art was safe for me. So I was able to go through a healing process without completely releasing words and verbalizing things. And even fast forward to five years ago and even three years ago, art was healing feelings in me that I wasn't ready to yet say out loud. And I think that's something really important to um, process and maybe explore because I think there's times in all of our lives where possibly we aren't in a safe space to verbalize what needs to be healed. I can say for myself, being a domestic violence survivor and overcomer, those seasons of my life, I was not yet ready, nor did I maybe even have words for yet, but I was able to begin a healing process through the art and put my feelings onto canvas and to maybe even how I touch the canvas, release something. Everything is energy. Everything is spiritual. Everything we do, you know, is a part of our feelings. And so I think that's, that's where art became therapy. I had not yet started the trauma therapy I was going to do, um, which began three years ago now, maybe. I don't know. So that's a really good question. Let me ask you now, James, because you are only now just discovering the process of healing through creativity and art. Will you tell me why you started exploring this and what you've been doing over the past couple of weeks? Yeah, um, I mean, in a, in a um, I guess my relationship with art is a very different one. Um, I can remember painting at like, well, would be primary school in the UK, so age five, six, seven. Um, but that's kind of about it. And from about the age of seven or eight, I've always thought of myself as hating art, not being good at drawing. Art, I had to do at high school, hated it. Um, and always almost seemed to balk at the idea of trying to draw anything or be creative in that kind of sense. Um, so, um, so had you said to me, I don't know, a couple of years ago, you know, the way to, to heal whatever, you know, through the, the challenges of the stuff you're going through is to do an art class, I'd have probably run out the door, ran down the street, ran into the next town and said, get lost, you know, like, there was no way in the world I would do that. Um, but I, because I can't draw. That's what I've always said to myself, I can't draw. I'm no good at drawing. I can't draw. I don't want to do it. I hate it. 
that's been part of me. So whilst I say I've been creative in writing and creative in thinking and creative in like a type of profession that's quite creative and it's like way of being as a philosophy, get me drawing and I hate it. Even, you know, it takes, I really don't like playing Pictionary, it's that bad, you know, to actually draw something where people can see stick man and a Christmas pump, like a Christmas charade type game. No, you know, it's the last thing I want to do. Um, so, and that's what I've always told myself. Um, so that's, that's kind of my relationship with art. It always has been. And even like to the point of since, what, 15 years ago, I've done all my typing and writing on a laptop. Therefore, I've not doodled in the corners. And if I did doodle, it was usually squares and shapes and filling in the holes, not, not flowers and petals and animals and bees and butterflies. Um, because I wouldn't, you know. So that that's kind of me with that. And what I discovered, uh, the book that my therapist recommended to me, which is called Recovery of Your Inner Child, um, I've been reading since I finished therapy, which was February time, and just going through the chapters and doing some of the exercises and discovering and uncovering really some of the layers of not just art, but some of the different layers of all the voices I've, that I've internalized over the what, 40 odd years of my life. So, um, you know, how I've had to almost reparent myself. So nurturing myself, protecting myself, listening to my inner child, that voice, and giving that space, that, that person safety and a space to talk. And, and one of the things in that has been um, that the, the critical voice often is the one that quashes the creativity. Um, so, you know, you're no good at whatever, you know, no, you know, things that we so many of us have probably heard and I too probably heard is, you know, don't do that, you're making a mess, or we don't want to put that messy painting up in the kitchen. Um, you'll never amount to anything as a, I don't know, a pianist, go and do science instead, you know, or there's no real job in drama. Do you know, all those kind of voices that maybe many of us have heard, for me, it was in art. Um, and so I kind of hated it and stuck to maths and science and things like that really at school um so um breathe discovering art for me was then about not only connecting with myself and that sort of spontaneous inner child part of me but also going back and remembering those kind of voices and those layers and those moments of I guess shame and things that quash those things um, so um, and what uh, she says in the book is it is those creative things that get taken out of us first we feel shame for them or guilt for them or get told they're a waste of time so what I did what she suggested in the book is to like do the free-for-all thing and 
get the paper, get pens, big crayons, that kind of thing. Whereas, but actually, I couldn't find some of those things in the local supermarket. But I got some pencils and pens and some paper, um, and using the techniques that are in the book, let my kind of inner child run a bit wild with feelings and kind of express anger and express feelings through just going mad with a bit of paper and just scrawling colour and that kind of thing without trying to make it into anything. Um, and felt kind of liberating and freeing, but, but I also felt really awkward and like this, you know, this feels silly, you know, almost like, you know, to, to almost to try and uh, relax and let it happen. But I could hear the voices of like, stop being silly type of thing. Mm. So yeah, that that's kind of what I've been exploring. Uh, and I say tentatively exploring, because it, um, it's an unusual thing for me to do. Yeah maybe it's like you and you kind of see the paint and the fingers and this feels wrong this feels messy and going through that and for me I, the ones i have to do are i'm no good at this this is a waste of time well you know i should be doing some more, something more productive like you know i have different voices i think mm. but they're still voices they're kind of critical voices yeah so again that in itself i gives me a uh, I guess an opportunity to respond to those voices and work through those things. Yeah. I think it's okay to give ourselves permission to do things that feel uncomfortable or to do the things that we were always told were the opposite of how we felt while we were doing them. And that example would be, I am creative I can create, I want to create, I want to color, I want to play with color, I want to look at the flowers, I want to draw the flowers, I want to explore through coloring and painting and watercolor, I can and I'm allowed to, I'm not wasting my time and there's something powerful about this and I'm going to do this and, and the other thing I want to say James is everyone is creative, everyone can create and you don't have to consider yourself a master artist to start finger painting and just playing with color, to start doodling and just watching the colors come on the paper. There's something that makes us come alive and I think it's it's going back to, to reconnecting with our inner child and if maybe some of us never even connected to begin with. So let's start connecting by coloring and doing art and listening to music some of us are going to connect more to music or to poetry or to being outside and taking pictures of flowers and birds and whatever that is, whatever it is within that makes us come alive. There's something so healing and precious in that. And we get to feel again and we get to, to uh, feel the universe and the joy. And I think that part of that is connecting with creative spaces. This makes me really happy to talk about. <laughs> can I show you? Wait, can I show you some doodles? This is, I just doodle. No, actually, I'm not going to. I don't want to show doodles because I don't want people to 
think they have to do anything a certain way. So I'm not going to. I changed my mind. What were you going to say? I was going to say the other thing about it is it, it slows us down. Mm -hmm. Focus on our fingers, mm -hmm. colors. Um, one of the things that I, I was I was tasked to do in some of the drawing was to let the same like voice of the inner child choose the colors mm. and and not worry and not try and control it and not try and and then just kind of you know semi even close my eyes and just let you know I put the paper where the laptop is right now on a flip on a on a pad and just did it and it just was a mess but it was okay it was just scrolling this thing and just do, almost just getting something out to make it move I, I mean a bit like in a you know in a machine it's a rusty cog that hasn't moved for decades and it needs oil but it just needs to move you know but it can move slowly but it's moving um but like stopping it if it doesn't move it doesn't do anything but um you know i mean my therapist said it's just just get just let it just unstick it just get it going um because i can easily talk myself out of it you know talk myself out of it really easily um because that's the default but it is yeah. just moving i think and then just letting it just happen um and i'm saying this and i've done this what four times in a couple of weeks i'm not saying like i'm doing this every day and i'm this like you know experience creative no but you're doing it and you started yeah that's it yeah exactly that's what i'm saying it's like um for me this is like quite a powerful like something i'm not done for oh, i don't know I, I mean i know i've drawn probably two things in 28 years since i was like seven and a half or 38 years mm -hmm. um yeah you said something that i want to touch on because it was a reminder to me you said it slows you down mm. and one of the things i've used art for as well aside from the healing workshops and that kind of thing is people with adhd are unable to meditate mm. but i've been able to be still and find my own way of meditating and slowing down through doodling so if I have something to focus on, it becomes a way for me to meditate. And I found that to be very restful as well. And one of my meditations actually was, I wrote down the words, be still and just decorated it. And that allows me to just focus on that thing. So with ADHD, our brains can be everywhere, right? So now I'm slowing down and I'm focusing on just this and it's, my meditation process it's my stillness process um might even be a prayer a way of of engaging in prayer and worship but you reminded me of that as well and that's been very healing too because that i only started that probably because you started doing your art healing book and reading it and it reminded me of the doodle process of meditation and kind of just slowing down and journaling journal art so James, Just do you have anything to add? Because I think this is a really good time to wrap up. I did observe. I did observe. I, I, I mean, we might edit this bit out, but about a week or so ago, Christelle and I had a Sunday afternoon where 
I was reading and Christelle was doodling and I noticed how peaceful and how glowy you were when you were drawing and doodling. And I wonder too, whether anyone else has experienced that when you're looking at somebody who's just at peace in a place that they feel safe and creative and that kind of, that energy is just uh, coherent, collected. Um, and I'm sure if Christelle was watching me draw, I'd be tense and uh, not quite at that place, but it was quite joyous really to see you doing that because I could just, the energy was just peaceful and sparky and uh, you're almost in full control, but also in relaxed state with the, the colour and the, the paper and the crayons and the pencils that we're using. Um, so observing it in you was quite profound, actually. Mm -hmm. I remember you saying that because I was saying it reminds me of when, when you describe trains. Uh -huh. Right? It's like when we unlock the desires of our inner child become alive again. And imagine if the whole world could, could live from that space mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. and how healing that is. Yeah. Okay, James, let's tell our viewers to uh, go to, or they can check out the book that you've been going through. What is the name of your book? Well, this is the book. Recovery of Your Inner Child, The Highly Acclaimed Method for Liberating Your Inner Self by Lucia. Opportunity. Okay. And I have another book I'm going to suggest because a friend of mine that I interviewed on my show months ago just put out a creativity book, a healing creativity book. I know it's going to be really good. We'll put the name of the book in the comment section because I don't know the name. I want to be able to link to it, but it has to do with creativity. It's by Jill Wycock. You can always Google her name and look for her books that she's written. I know it's going to be very healing as well. So let's put that there. Um, other than that, if we could ask our friends to like, comment, what is it called? Uh, subscribe. Subscribe. <laughs> subscribe. The little red box. Like, comment, subscribe. Thank you. We'd appreciate it. Thank Draw you. something, create something, show us, send us a picture. We'd love to see it. Yes, do. Put it on our Facebook page or on our Twitter threads. Draw something, make something, create something new. Just go for it. Um, and we'd love to see. So thank you for thank you for watching. Bye for now. Okay. Back to recording. Okay. Maybe that should have been a dress rehearsal. So let's just go again from um, start from the beginning. Start from the beginning. So, oh. You see that? Oh, you're recording all this. <laughs> 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 helpful advice from Christelle. I'm just kidding. Go ahead, my love. No, that wasn't the plan. Go ahead, my love. I know. I, I made up a whole new plan. <laughs>